Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hi, my lovely friends. Welcome back to another episode here at Latte and Laundry. I am just wondering how everyone's January is going because... We up in Connecticut had a relatively mild December where we didn't even have one drop of snow before Christmas or the New Year's. And now we're starting to really feel the effects of the January weather. It's starting to get more cold. We're having more snow. Um, We had a pretty mild winter last year. So we're starting to really feel the frigidness of winter. So we're hunkering down. Um... I'm making more soups, trying to have more hot cocoa with the kids. Um, but where I am right now, it is 17 degrees and with the wind chill, much, much colder. And I feel like that's the story I'm hearing from so many people I know, um, just in different parts of the country that have cold temperatures, but not always. Like my sister who's in Nebraska said with the wind chill, they were experiencing a couple of days of negative 35. My dear friend in Colorado, similar thing. And so for all my friends who are not feeling the cold this January, what a blessed time you are having. Um, delight in being able to still have mild temperatures. And I'm trying to just hunger down and delight in the ways that the cold brings in, you know, more opportunity for having soups and hot cocoa with the kids and all that. And my my kids love skiing, so they love the snow falling on the ground. Um, but I am currently sitting in a car trying not to have the heat on because it's super loud in this in this vehicle uh, while I record, <laughs> record this episode hashtag real life so I'm frigid I am wearing a hat and a coat in my car because I'm just in between places and the the topic at hand where we're continuing our conversation of whether or not we are for our children and the importance of being for them just like was stirring up in my heart and I just wanted to get on here and start um Diving in deep with you guys about and wrapping up this series with regards to are we for them? And before I dive into this week's um, topic, let me open us up with our Bible verse, which is Philippians 4, 8. It's a fiery, powerful one. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You guys, this is such an an important Bible passage that I actually reflect on a lot. And one that we used for our um, memory verse that I memorized with me and the kids. And I just love it um, because it reorients our thoughts to what is good, true, and beautiful. God himself, right? Um, So I want to keep diving into this this topic of are we for our children and our first week we talked about being for our children in action literally in the things that we do laying down our lives the blood sweat and tears of just the physicalness of being for our children right running those errands um, being that taxi driver that drives them to and from everything always doing laundry it feels like <laughs> it never ends um might be a hint as to why this podcast was called latte and laundry and for you know what i want to take a quick pause but for any of my new listeners out there 
just and I always say like people if they don't know um, what uh, what latte and laundry was inspired from it can be just like a really um, questionable <laughs> podcast title um, and I actually just met with somebody recently who told me that there is a latte and laundry shop um, near her in Canada and I just it was it just made me die laughing it's a a shop that has lawn it's a laundromat with cappuccinos and it's like I got a cafe laundromat and I was like this is awesome but latte and laundry did not come from this idea of being a laundromat and sipping coffees but at the same time it just came from this idea of being present in the delight and the joy and the stillness of being with God while we do the hard tedious work and allowing God to share his beauty in that, right? Like the latte. I'm a big coffee drinker, which I have to tell you guys, you're going to be shocked, but I'm only doing decaf right now. It's a very long story, but I couldn't get up, give up having my lattes and my coffee because I love it so much. But I'm actually drinking decaf, and I have been for the last three or four months. Um, and you'd be shocked at how much it hasn't um impacted me in the ways that I thought it was. It's just really helped me with certain things with headaches and just other things I was feeling physically. It's just been a blessing when I discovered that caffeine was a lot more harmful for me particularly than I thought. But anyways, I still have my lattes. I still have my coffees, just decaf. And this idea of latte and laundry came from just wanting to be like Mary, sitting at the feet of Christ still the joy, the presence. And that's me with my latte, right? Because when I have my morning prayer time, I always have like a cappuccino or a a coffee in hand. But also we are called to be Marthas. We are, we mamas are called to be Mary and Marthas. Whether you are a mama biologically or not, our hearts and our souls were designed to be Marthas, where we are present to God at all times while we are doing what he has asked us to do in this world. The, the chores, the activities, the tending to the little people in our home, right? And one of the things that was always so hard for me is the never-ending laundry. Never-ending. And that's where latte and laundry came from, right? It's being still in our hearts like Mary while doing all the good and the hard, like Martha, the laundry, the activeness, right? Um, and that's where we talked about being for our children in action the first week. And then the second week, um, we dived into the idea of being for our children in words, the power of our words, both the beautiful, life-giving, affirming power of our words, and what could also be the dangerous, um, wounding effects of our words and how we're just called to be for them both in action and in word and this week I want to wrap it up with being for our children in heart and this is so critical you guys because often it is in our hearts that will lead to our words that will impact our actions right we can say we are for our children but when we have a lot of stuff going on within our hearts it greatly will impact who we are to them And there's actually been so many studies, and we know this nowadays with so many different of the sciences looking into behaviors and thought processes and such, you know, like we have life coaches and mentors and things that help us reorient our thoughts because it affects how we behave. In fact, cognitive behavioral theory suggests that our thoughts and feelings directly influence our behavior. This seems so obvious, and yet we don't often be stewards or good stewards of our thoughts, right? Um, 
one of the key principles under this theory is that emotions drive behavior. And that makes sense. We get really riled up. We get really angry. We might lose our temper. We might slam a door. We might let something roll off our tongue we wish we didn't say. But it's one of the things that they found that's really important is that thinking drives emotions. So how we think determines how we feel. And if we could change how we think, it can change how we feel and ultimately change how we behave. And so we all know we go through different seasons. If you're a new mom, you might not have experienced this yet. But for some of my more seasoned mamas who have been like doing this for a few years now, you know what it's like to be in the trenches of the daily grind and the meltdowns or maybe the preteen eye roll or just the things that we endure <laughs> that are hard and part of our sanctification as mamas. And easily those things, the enemy so desperately wants those to impact what we think and what we feel. So if we start to look at, let's say, a child that is constantly um, not listening and really struggles with um, being obedient, right? That's just something that they haven't grown in um, virtue with yet. And so they really struggle to listen to mom and dad or whatnot. When we sit around, if we let our thoughts foster the idea that this kid is just disgraceful or this kid is just such a disobedient child, so disrespectful, if we start to think these very negative, nasty thoughts about our own children, it will impact what we actually feel about our children. And this will impact how we actually behave with them. And we will project those inner thoughts out onto our children, even if it's not in our words, but it will pour out of our souls. You know, it's like we know that that person who maybe doesn't care for you, doesn't get along with you or whatever it is in your life, somebody that you've just rubbed up against even if they don't say anything to you, there's an energy that person gives off that just breathes their inner thoughts towards you. And this, my friends, can happen. Our children are not, not as naive as I think we often want them to believe, even when they're tiny. It greatly influences how they believe mom or dad think and feel about me when we think and feel negative or um, really um not dignifying or glorifying thoughts about our children and not like we can't worry and think about the things they struggle with or how we want to help them grow in virtue or how they're really not being um, loving, kind, <laughs> obedient children right now. But it's when we start to put an identity on them, a false identity. You are, um, give an example, you are such a stubborn kid. You are so annoying. You are so disrespectful. When we have those inner thoughts, even if we don't say them out loud, studies just continue to show that it impacts how we behave. And so there's no point in doing all this work on being for our children in words and being for our children in action. If we can't go deep, dig into the heart and the soul of what we're experiencing to ensure that our hearts themselves are for our children. And we know they love we love them. And we know that we would do anything for them. But so often just our frustrations and our exhaustion lead us to forget that they are children still growing and still um, needing to be shepherded and handheld in virtue and not shamed um, or leading or leading them negatively towards an identity that we know is not of God. And there's these um, 
great quote um, by uh, St. John Vianney that I love. And it says, when the heart is pure and simple, it cannot help loving. But it, because it has discovered the source of love, which is God. And maybe that means, you guys, that we just take a second and step back. Next time that children, that child like throws their peanut butter jelly sandwich on the floor because they're irate that it's not cut in triangles and it's cut in two half rectangles and you, <laughs> your mom, overexhausted, sleepless self, just wants to lose it and just get so disgruntled inside at this like ungrateful child. Maybe what this means is like this idea that a heart is pure and simple. Maybe we just take the emotions out of it for a second and maybe we just remember who is in front of us these little wild sheep god has asked us to shepherd and that includes um working and stretching and molding our own hearts as we let go of these grievances and disciple them in love even if that means firmly disciple them in love but don't let our minds ruminate negative nasty things about our children and I think more often than not we don't and we we um, think highly of our children but we could get into this game and this includes like you know um, talking with friends about your children I talked about this last week in terms of um, speaking about our children in a negative way or just just really not being for our children and our words with others. When the floodgates have opened for you to start using it, that impacts how our hearts rest. You know, it's one of those things where like, if you haven't talked about something in a really long time, like an an offense or something that happened to you, and then someone brings it up and starts getting you riled up again, your mind can't help but focus to think about it, to feel it, to get angry and irate about it all over again. And this is true for our children. This doesn't mean you don't go and talk to your spouse about the hard day that you had or the things that you want to work on with your children or the beautiful, glorious things that you have experienced that day with your kids. But it just means do not give the enemy a foothold to your heart. Do not converse about your children in a nasty, negative way other than um, just wanting to find more good for them out of concern not out of giving them this these false identities right if anything they should be able to trust mama is for me and that'll help settle our hearts so that our hearts can remain steadfast for them so when we don't give the the enemy the 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 foothold into our hearts through our words or through our actions we then have to really focus in and be prudent and prayerful and if you've struggled, let's just say you're one of the people. I've gone through seasons like this with some of my kids where you just find yourself really struggling with one of your kids, really struggling and just like you don't even want to be around them because they're just really struggling emotionally, behaviorally, whatever it is, and it just rubs up against you and just gets all the insides of you riled up. If you find yourself in this in this place, I think this is an invitation for all of us to just take a step back and bring this to Jesus and pray God, Lord, please let me see the beauty of my child in front of me. Open my eyes. Strip away all the, all the anger and frustration that I have boiling up inside and let me see them for the, the glorious masterpiece that they are, your creation. And this doesn't mean you put blinders on to our kids' bad behavior. It doesn't mean we stop trying to disciple them in virtue and love and and whatever else it is, whether it's cleaning your room and brushing your teeth or hobbling your sibling or just being kind to to your peers. It doesn't mean we, we let that go. 
It just means that our hearts have to be um, ready and willing to let the Holy Spirit come in so that we could see them for who they truly, truly are, warts and all, right? To see them for the gift of who they are, even if that doesn't mean they they behave as perfectly as we so wish they already did, right? And we know all too well how we mess up, <laughs> how we fall, how we sin again, how we gossip when we shouldn't have gossiped, when we lose our temper when we shouldn't have lost our temper, how we're weak and frail. Our humanity just reminds us of our poverty and our need of God all the time. And yet the king of the universe is so for us, right? He is always in our corner, encouraging us, coming towards us with his merciful heart and drawing us away from sin and more um, beautifully resting in his perfect embrace. And that, with his most perfect heart that sees us like that, our children so deserve that we see them in the same light. And we are, we are, <laughs> we are human and we are tired mamas. And so it won't be as easy because we are not God to always see them in the beautiful light of who they are. Yet this is just where we need to keep practicing, rebuking those negative thoughts that make us want to sit and rest in in just real terrible things about our children and frustration and instead keep bringing it back to the light. Keep bringing it and placing them before our Heavenly Father. And St. Therese of Lisieux has just like this beautiful quote where she says, the loveliest masterpiece of the heart of God is the heart of a mother. And it's so silly, but like that could make me cry. The loveliest masterpiece of the heart of God is the heart of a mother. He has divinely infused something profound and beautiful uniquely into the heart of mothers. Unlike anything else that anybody on this earth has. And that is some one of his greatest creations was that of a, the mother heart. And so it's my greatest desire, so much of what led me to this podcast and what has led me into a deeper conversion on my spiritual journey is my realization of how how weak and how much growth I needed to do as a mama. I always say you want to become um, a greater person. You want to move towards holiness, become a mother because you will become so swiftly aware of your poverty, of your frailty, of your sinfulness, of your littleness in a way that turns your heart towards God and continues to transform you and convert you as you allow him to show you his bigness amongst amongst our littleness. And I desire for the masterpiece that God has created in me, my mother heart to be something that my kids can sense, can hear, and can receive when acted upon. And that is what led me <laughs> to this podcast. Are you for them? You guys, I say it all the time, but it's so true. Often the podcast ideas that are I'm inspired to chat about with you guys are things that I so desperately need myself. And if anybody needs conversion through this podcast and continue drawing towards God and transformation, it is me. And I always say, if nobody listens to this and God just continues to draw me towards him, and to transform who I am to be more like him, then I would do this for the rest of my life. No one need listen. But if he desires to encourage and inspire other people too, then I'm I'm docile and ready and willing 
to open my voice up on this podcast for whatever God desires to do. And so this was just something that was on my heart because I've always been such a advocate in the last, especially the last five years of just really wanting us to breathe life into our children. We mamas, they, we should be in the flesh, their first refuge, their first safety, their first encourager, their first advocate. This is who they should experience in mama. And I found myself going through a rough season where I just was, I'll be really honest, you guys, finding myself way more short tempered than I normally am, way more just like snippy and just edgy. And I knew, I knew in the depths of my heart, my kids do not deserve this. And so as I continue to pray through it and have so many tears and just feeling God continue to transform and expand my heart, I just wanted to get on here and explore this idea of being for our children. So um, let me close us up in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mama Mary, I just want to ask you to intercede for all of us mamas here. You, the most perfect mother, in the times where we feel frustrated or exhausted or our eyes look upon our children with um, anger or frustration, so much so that it starts to bitter our hearts, I ask you, Mama Mary, to please just intercede on our behalf that our Lord may transform us and that with his gentle touch, he will start to soften all those rocky, hard edges that we have slowly calcified up on our hearts, that he may um, make us see with his eyes who our children are. Um, Lord, I praise you and I thank you for the gift specifically of leaving us with Mary herself. Um, I pray that she continues to mother all of us and guide us and intercede on our behalf as we move forward one small step at a time in learning your ways of love and sharing that with our children. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you guys, <laughs> um, sorry, this motherhood stuff is so uh, emotional for me because I just feel, and I might have already said this on the podcast, but I feel very convicted that more than ever, God um, wants the mother heart to be encouraged. I feel like mother, more than ever, he is on mission to, to bring about a revival in our vocation for the sake of our children. And I just feel so humble to have just one tiny itty bitty voice <laughs> um, where I can help be a small, ever so small part of that. Um, and I continue to get emails from you guys that um, are just blessing my heart so much. Like I get so teary-eyed reading your letters and just where God is moving in your own life and in your motherhood, your wifehood, or for all my listeners, I know I've been speaking a lot to motherhood lately, but for all my listeners who are not yet married or mamas, just in the journey that he has you on in your own your own glory and your own um, journey of learning to receive his love and to love him in return. And I'm just so thank you when you take the time to write to me and hopefully... Um, I think I've said this recently, maybe it was the last podcast, but I have been have so many issues with my email lately that I just makes me so sad if people think I don't respond. So if you don't hear from me within a couple of weeks of sending out an email, please follow up because 
um, I'm usually good about ret- returning emails within a couple of weeks and I would just hate um, to miss um, to hear hearing from your heart of where God is, is moving in your own life. So I am praying for all of you and your specifically at, as we wrap up this series, your vocation of motherhood. I ask that you please pray for me as I um, continue to um, have my eyes opened to my own wayward ways and how I can love my, my children and my husband and everybody better. And I just uh, hope that we could continue. And I'm just grateful that we, we have been journeying alongside each other as we um, learn to still our souls while we move our world. Okay, friends, I hope you all have a blessed week and I can't wait to catch up with you next week. God bless. 